Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. I'm Dallas. I'm Anne. And today we are joined by best friend of the pod, the lovely Evan Von Doom. How you doing? Good, but today you could call me Evan Von Poole. <laughs> That's <gasps> so a little wonderful. humor for you. We like to do that around here. We do. We know each other well enough. We like to joke. All games. But Evan, that was... <laughs> I like that we asked you if you wanted to be a full-time co-host. You told us no, and then we just made you a guest every week. <laughs> I don't think... That's not what happened. I don't think that's exactly what happened. No one ever gave me the official, like, hey, do you want to do full-time thing? Dallas just slowly incorporated me more and more. And then I was like, I do this a lot. He was like, that's the plan. And I'm like, I like doing it once a month. So that's what we do now. So thank you for tricking me, Dallas. You're welcome. Listen, we need a little bit of Evan once a month to center this place. Mm -hmm. I try. Someone has to have complex thoughts and it's not going to be me. But they don't pay me enough. (laughs) You're getting paid. Remember that time he went on a triad raid? What's the word? Not raid. Raid. (laughs) Remember we went on a raid Shadow Legends about, uh, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Judaism. Cut out. Classic. Anyway, oh, yeah. stop distracting me, Dallas. Lexi, introduce what we're doing today. Yeah, geez, guys. My one episode a month that I get. It's already shenanigans in the first minute and 45 seconds. Shame Are we on surprised? You. No. But anyway, um, everyone, oh, this is really fun. My Marvel Unlimited app just decided to update. So I'm going with this no notes. But we have decided to cover one of arguably the best underrated comics of all time. A very sneaky, sneaky one that Evan has been suggesting to us for quite a while that we're just like, yeah, okay, Evan, whatever you say. Yeah, okay, sure, we believe you. Yeah, and then it came in and sucker punched every single one of us in the gut. So we are covering the amazing, lovely, exciting run of Gwenpool. And this was by, oh my goodness. Let me see if I can I've pull got this it. off. Dallas has it. Love you. So we're covering the original, the unbelievable Gwenpool, mm-hmm. 25 issues. And it is written by Christopher Hastings. The goat. Art is primarily from Guri Hero. The goat. But there are some fill-in artists. Mm-hmm. And then... It's lettered by VCs Clayton Cowles. Such a good one. So good, Evan. I'm so glad that I was just like, you know, how can I get Evan to come back again? <laughs> one more time of a month than already promised. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should look into that comic that he keeps telling us about. And I'm very glad we did because both me and Anne got the chance to cry at work. Oh. Which was unexpected, and so now I will be sending you my Sephora bill for the amount of mascara that came off my eyeballs. It was, it, it was it was Mohawk it. Doc, right? Absolutely. You saw a Mohawk Doc, and you were like, <laughs> "Oh no!" I oh, felt my. a certain kind of way about Mohawk Doc, but <laughs> he's just a punk rock egg with legs. <laughs> why is why is there a hole in the Mohawk? How does that work? Uh, it goes hard <laughs> as hell. But also, I can't believe I fell for when his legs were busted. I was like, ha, 
defeated. And then I was like, oh no, his whole thing is the floating chair. (laughs) (laughs) I was somehow as lost as Gwenpool was for getting Modoc's whole thing was having little tiny legs in a floating chair. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one. I was like, oh yeah, I am stupid, but that's all right. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's only fair that we get to let Evan give us a little spiel Tell us how you feel. Tell us how you brought us here. Let us on a little adventure with a carrot on a stick. I was like, all right, everyone, come this way. So let's rewind all the way back to the year, I want to say 2015. Deadpool's at his height of his prowess in terms of popularity. Um, Gwen Stacy is also popular for some reason. It's because of Spider-Gwen. And so you get all these variant covers for Gwen Stacy, and one comes up on a Deadpool cover. And on that Deadpool cover, is a little character they end up naming Gwenpool. And everyone gets excited. Everyone's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, Gwenpool. Oh, Gwenpool that. At the time, I wasn't the biggest Deadpool fan. I kind of liked him. I really liked Dugan's run, which is, I think is where this debuted. So I was like feeling it. And I was like, oh, I could feel it, but I don't know if I need more Deadpool in my life. But I got the hype. You know, the cover was cute and everything. I went on my day. And then it was announced that Gwenpool is going to be canon and everything. At the time, I didn't know who Chip Zdarsky was, but they're like, oh, he's gonna de- she's going to debut in Howard the Duck. And if it takes off, she'll get her own series and everything. She'll get a holiday special. And so I'm hearing all this stuff. And I'm like, I honestly do not really care that much. I don't need another Deadpool. I don't care about Gwen Stacy anymore. She died in like the 50s or something. I don't know. And so Evan's brain was shut off. But then two things happened that made me check it out. First, the genius Christopher Hastings was writing. And if you're unfamiliar, he has his hit webcomic called Dr. McNinja, which I was the biggest fan of that and octopus pie were the only two web comics i religiously read all the time and i was so ecstatic when i heard he was coming to marvel and then we read gwenpool i was like i guess i gotta check it out and then i heard the goat gurihiru was going to be drawing the art and that's where i was like it's over i just needed one of those he gave me two of those because if you don't know dear listeners Evan Von Doom is the biggest Power Pack fan you can find out there. And the first issues of Power Pack I read were the ones that Gary Hiru did the art for. So this is a full circle moment for Evan. I, re- I was reading Fantastic Four and Power Pack when I was not in diapers. I was like seven or, you know, an appropriate age to not be wearing diapers anymore. But those are like the first comics I got. So for me, this is a full circle moment. And it's it was also the time where I was starting to get back into comics after catching up on Ultimate Spider-Man and, you know, Secret Wars just happened and everything. So I was really full bloom, like, I need more Marvel comics. And then this thing came in and it blew me away. I had no idea. I thought it was going to be a stupid, silly thing because Christopher Hastings does that really well. But Dr. McNinja also had this arc of being very silly and satirical and a parody and jokes. And then all of a sudden being very serious and heartfelt. So I knew he had it in them, but I never thought he was going to take it to this level. And the things he does with Gwenpool is just surprising. It's There's a lot of heart behind it. There's a lot of soul and what it has to say about the industry and side characters and love for comics and how comics are everlasting and you'll always come back to it regardless of how they're written in the future and the past you'll always have these stories that you grew up with or that you read at one point in time and you can always revisit it and there'll always be new readers and new fans coming in that was just so beautiful to me so the last five issues i want to say i cried every issue so i love this comic i love gwenpool and i'm glad you guys like her too also, real quick, just shout out uh, to the Arrow Ace community. You guys got a big dub today. 
or not today, but like last month or two months ago. Uh, if you guys don't know, dear listeners, Gwenpool was confirmed to be uh, ace slash uh, a romantic, and so you know a lot of people had that headcanon for her, and I think it's a big win for any for all communities whenever a new type of story gets to be told. And Arrow Ace or even separate Arrow and Ace stories rarely get told. You could count how many Arrow Ace heroes we have in our hand. You could count them separately too. It would still be like maybe five. So this is a big moment, a big win for that community. So I just want to give them a shout out. You know, I'm glad you guys are getting that representation finally. And you can't get a better hero than Gwenpool, who is one of the best, easily. So true. Ah, oh, that's so Also, Pacepot Pete was in this. Pacepot Pete! <laughs> Come on now! The characters in this story were so fun. We so definitely fun. will have to go in deep with them. But I kind of want to hear everybody else's little opinions. And Dallas, what did we think? And? Okay, so this was an interesting book because I've tried to read this before. I tried once before and I think I got like two issues in and I put it down. I'm like, not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I think I'll check something else out. I think... Yeah, I got to the part where Modoc like recruited her. I'm just like something about the vibes are off. I'm not sure if I'm I'm clicking with this book or not. And so getting a chance to go back and revisit it, I'm like, okay, I'm a couple years older. I'm a little bit wiser. I'm a little bit less serious about how I take my comics. So I want to actually enjoy this for what it is. And I have to admit, to be straight up honest, there were there was a while here with this book. I was just kind of I was kind of slogging through. And I'm not sure if it's just because the characters weren't landing for me or the jokes weren't landing. I think sometimes the inconsistency in the art was throwing me off because sometimes it's Gurihiru and it's just perfection on a page. And then it's someone else. And I'm like, I kind of check out a little bit because I'm like, I was following for (laughs) the art and now the art's not even here. So I'm not sure what I'm here for. There's the inklings of like the theme, the inklings of like why we're here about Gwenpool showing up in this universe being an absolute menace and then starting to wonder if her actions actually have consequences, which I thought was fun, but it just, it always seemed like it was in the background, the back part of the story. And I was like, I was going through it. I'm like, okay, something's going to click soon. And you hit issue 16 and everything doesn't just click, but it goes into overdrive. And this becomes one of the most creative and surprisingly emotional comics that I've ever read like i'm still mentally dealing with the whiplash that i've mentally suffered at the hands of this book from what i was thinking about it just this morning before you know me procrastinating um went on those last um 13 14 issues and to where i am now where i'm like i am strongly considering buying the omnibus just because of how those last couple issues made me feel it is incredible that a book turned around for me that quickly because I can't remember the last time that's ever happened and it's it was like shocking that like I I'd stopped reading this at one point and that I was <laughs> it's like if I wasn't reading this for a podcast I think I would have stopped again reading it this time and it frustrates it like frustrates me that I could be that I, I don't want to say stupid but it feels like I'm like you were you you dumb dumb. <laughs> this is really good. You just had to get to the the part where it clicks and just wait and see what happens. And I think in retrospect, when I get to that end part and just how the book talks about itself and other characters 
um, smaller characters and it makes me look back at the beginning of the book a bit more fondly and wonder like if it's worth giving it a second shot to see if I just look for something a little different in it. And I think that's that's something really, really special. And this book hit me at like right just the right time. We can get into that later, but just like the emotional message of this book hit so hard for me this week. It's actually insane. I'm completely floored by my experience reading this book. I think I was having more fun with the first 15 issues than what you described. But I was mm-hmm. like, this is a fun, silly comic. And it's given me the only good arcade story that's ever been written. So props to Gwenpool for that. And then issue 16 hits. And from page two, before even you get into the shenanigans, you're like, something is amiss. This has gotten incredible. And then you're about halfway through the issue and you're like, this might be amazing. And then it starts to hit. The animal man, I can see you moments of Gwenpool start to hit. And then you go on a 10 issue arc that I would put up there on a comic book Mount Rushmore. I think what Hastings and Gurihiru do with these last 10 issues is incredible. And it's such a catch 22 because the fact that the book was canceled made these creatives just hit the NOS on a specific issue and emotion that comes with being a comic book fan that I've never seen addressed before. And so I'm weirdly happy that Gwenpool got canceled because I got this arc, but then I'm also like, damn, Gwenpool got canceled. But then also you read those first 15 issues and you're like, I can see why this got canceled. Like it's fun, but I mean, great books go all the time. And then just, those last 10 issues are crazy and it highlights a difficulty of comic books and something I might get into later in this episode is the amount of runway necessary to create an emotionally impactful ending in a story. For instance, I took Alexis's advice and I read the Accord of Thorns and Roses books over the last two weeks. I've read the first three. There is a Christmas special and a a big old fifth book that I haven't read yet. But the first trilogy, one of the best high fantasy trilogies I've ever read in my life. And the first book is fine. Like you read the first two thirds of the first book and you're like, this is fine. It's like beauty and the beast. It's fine. And then the last chunk of the first book is pretty cool and pretty fun and has some really fun twists. And you're like, okay, that's pretty great. Whatever. Like, I guess we had to have a boring two thirds to set up a really exciting third. And then that second book hits and it is retroactively like, let's reanalyze that first book, shall we? And it retroactively makes that book great. And it is one of the best books of all time. And then the third book is great as well. And I feel like Gwenpool is that a little bit where it's like we had to have the normal and fun to get our character and our themes and our story to the point where we could just pedal to the metal, hit the gas. Because if we just jumped in smoking hot right from the beginning, it wouldn't have hit the same. 
And it is so sad and so hard that comic books have to consistently earn their place past five issues now. Because the reality is some of the greatest comic books of all time, Starman that I'm reading right now, knew that they were going to get 60 plus issues. And so they could just take their time. And someone asked me, like, when does Starman really start to hit? And I was like, I don't know that you'll know. And then all of a sudden you'll realize, like, I think this might be my favorite superhero comic I've ever read. Like, I'm not sure why. I just I love everything and everyone. And I will remember the story for the rest of my life. It's like a Stephen King novel where you're like, I kind of don't even want to. I don't care about the story anymore. I'm just loving it so much. And I think Gwenpool did that in 25 issues. and I. I really want to see the American comic book scene find its footing in a way where we can start to have that again, because that is magical. Ah, I'm so glad that we did this one. I'm so glad that I was like, I'm not sure what we want to read. So I'll just trick Evan into coming back again, because that's fully what I did. I was like, hmm, Evan's fun. Evan can fill up an episode. What should we read? <laughs> I'm Let's sorry. do an Evan filler arc. <laughs> and then it turned out to be the beach volleyball episode. Oh. No idea. Hey. Also, I loved your you? evil laugh, Lexi. We don't hear that enough. <laughs> Thank you. I do have a really evil laugh that does not come out very often. It's my villain arc. I'm in it right now, according to my siblings. Anyway. Um, Wait, you gotta start wearing black now. <sighs> Does do great things for my skin tone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's just so fun. I just love. See, I feel like my me and myself with the reading of comics that I do. I loved the entire thing. I love a good silly head empty comic, and that's what the beginning of this felt like. I was like, "This is great." I love the fact that she's not allowed to have pants because her tailor's always out of pink fabric. That's gold. I was like, this is hilarious. Howard Duck is here. This is chaos. I love this. I love this funny little French man that she gets to go around with. This is great. Um, and I just love, oh, also, I'm probably, ju- this is jumping around a lot, but the, her little henchman that she gets for a minute there when she gives them all her costume, best thing that's ever happened. All the those guys with the little... Yeah, the, the pool, pool boys. boys. Incredible. And when she's <laughs> like, they won't win if they're just henchmen. If I give them costumes, they'll win. I was like, you're a genius for this, Gwendolyn Pool. <laughs> Gwendolyn. But it just is so great. And even like, even when she is taken in by Modoc and is like, oh, damn, I'm a sidekick. Okay, this is weird. Like, how can I be the main character of my story when I'm a side character to Modoc? And just like that sub story of the main one it just is so fun and it just had so many fun light-hearted layers and then you get to that gut punch in 16 where it's just like everything you thought is a lie <laughs> it's absolute chaos out here and the whole jumping through the panels thing i don't think that i've read anything like this before to this caliber mm-hmm. um and it just was so fun. Like the the panels where she like is erasing the lines and she can see down to herself. That's just so crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm having a conversation with myself in the next panel over. Like that's just that's just so fun. That's so creative. And it's just a great way to tell a chaotic story. 
that you would expect from a Gwenpool type character. It just is, it's just so wonderful. And to have the ending of end on such an emotional part for a lot of comic book readers, um, I just feel like sealed the deal of making this something so special, so special. Everybody has felt those type of emotions with anything, whether it's a comic book, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a normal novel book. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if George R.R. Martin dies before I get the rest of those damn books. I'm going to go dig him up. I don't care. <laughs> We're not doing that. But just... I think we will be doing that. I'm not going to lie. I think we will be doing that. <laughs> there is no... I, I don't want to be George, real, but there is no way. Let me that man. <laughs> We gotta call the necromancer from this from Grimpool. <laughs> oh, yes. Just I hope Blade spared him. <laughs> please, please. But just the thought that the fact that these characters will always live on in the hearts of the people who love them is just so special. And the scenes with the cute little redheaded girl growing up just made me want to lie on the floor and cry. I was just, I was like, oh, look at all of the stages of her life. They're being followed by this character. Oh, no. <laughs> Amazing. I, that, that moment where she has that scene with Batrock and she's like, I'm sorry, but no, no one else is ever going to write you like this. And I'm so sorry for that. And she hugs him like she's saying goodbye. It was insane to me. Because, oh my god, I've seen that happen so many times. And everyone, everyone knows what that's like to pick up a fan favorite character who's like, I'm around here, but the moment someone else touches me, I'm going to be a completely different person. It's the difference between a Greg Rucka Renee Montoya and a, um, <laughs> what's his face Renee Montoya? I completely forgot. John Ridley. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I had to bring that up. Right but that was, the, that was the first one. <laughs> You just forgot, right? Juneteenth went and passed. You're like, all right. It's the day after. Racing the names. Don't need them anymore. I'll learn them next year. I, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, but it's just, to, to me, as someone who's found so much comfort and so much love in the, the characters that no one cares about. Like, one of my favorite characters of all time is Lorna Marquez the Aqua Girl from the 2003 Aquaman run that has literally been mentioned once in the last 20 years and shown once in the last 20 years in like a vision scene. And it's just, you 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 find connections with the weirdest characters in the weirdest places. And the longer you read comics, it's just going to happen more and more. And the way that this talks about it and the, the conversations that Gwen has with her future self where she points out, like, hey, you're viewing this from one specific point of time, but you gotta remember someone is someone's reading this five years from now, ten years from now, someone is reading this for the first time when everyone that's written this comic is dead. And so in that way, you just stay you, and someone is always discovering you and falling in love with you. And that that it's hard because it, it, it's funny because it's talking about fictional characters, but the, the sentiment behind it and just the power that art can have, it's it hits really, really hard. And I'm tearing up now even just kind of like thinking about it. it's 
it's the thing that I wish I could convey to people who are just like very casually <clears throat> into books or movies or comics. Just like, yeah, I'll pick one up every once in a while if it's if it's good. It's like, but I'm I don't, I don't understand how you can make like a whole hobby out of this. How you can talk about these all the time. How you can have these in depth conversations. Which like I there's just a little bit more that I think you scratch the surface of. And really understand how these things can change people, change lives. I think it's it's incredible. I agree. Moment of silence. <laughs> say, literally, um, anyone say anything. Literally. <laughs> no, nah, I just take it in. You're, you're so right. You just put it so perfectly. And it really does make these characters immortal. Like, they will always live on through generations of people having the love for them, which is just so awesome. It's so special. You don't know who 20 years down the line is like, hey, my mom and or my dad showed me this character in a comic book one time. How fun would it be if I brought them back to life? Like, and they wrote a comic about that character. You never know. It's so it's, fun. I mean, yeah, it's someone years ago decided to put the character of dagger into a spider-man comic and then little me saw it and now i'm trans are you gonna are you gonna tell me those two things aren't connected because they are um gotta be long ago someone made a silly stupid fish man who's like hey this is my new superhero he wears the dumbest costume and he talks to fish it's really cool and someday it's gonna make some kid feel really really seen for the first time it's it's crazy it's it's absolutely insane like 70 years later that happened exactly and i think it's also nice because i feel like something that at least on twitter gets brought up like once a month or every other month is how comics are ruined now either one side saying that or another side's always saying that like right now the hot button topic is amazing spider-man and how Mm -hmm. bad and awful and blah 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 it is and whether we agree or disagree with that there's like this sentiment that this is forever because we're living in it. So as we're living in these like moments, it feels like it's forever because we're in the middle of a run right now. This run won't end for another two years for Spider-Man. So in this, this is that's forever for a lot of people. But I think it's really nice that Gwenpool, at least right now, reminded me that, and it's always a good reminder, that you always could revisit stories that you like and they'll always be fresh to you. Even mm-hmm. when you know what's going to happen. Like I knew what was going to happen in this book. I still cried last night. I was in bed staring at my ceiling, smiling and just tears rolling down my face. And this just felt so good after reading this ending. It was something I, I didn't even know I needed to hear was just that, you know, I don't even know what exactly resonated with me, but I've been personally, I've been going through stuff in my life recently and just hearing mm-hmm. like a nice sentiment and a nice like ending where there's a character literally just holding your hand saying, it's going to be okay. You know, we're going to make it through this. That was just like a really nice moment that I needed. And I also needed this five years ago when I read this for the first time. It, it, it never ends. We always are going to need these books. And I think it's wonderful and beautiful that there's an immortality in that. And it's also immortality of our memories and being able to revisit our own self. Maybe it's like a little bit of you know nostalgia going on, but I think it's something deeper than that. I think it's about, I don't know, we always change, but we never do really change. You know, There's always going to be one part of us that's always you know, stuck somewhere else. And comics and books and media kind of just like bring that out of us and we don't even realize it until it's happening. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's beautiful that Gwenpool is able to, for returning readers, for new readers, for readers who didn't care until 
halfway through the book or for the last page or whatever, or people who just, people saw the panel on Twitter for the first time today and freaked out about it. I thought it was amazing because I shared it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful that just a moment devoid of context is able to connect with someone to say, I get it. So I'm very passionate about this, obviously. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> well, I think what's so crazy is we are three of us that, other than Evan, we are the five years later demographic. Like this book ended five years ago. And so when I said five years from now, someone will pick up this book and fall in love. Like that's us. We are a fulfillment of that prophecy in Gwenpool. And I would love, I would be remiss if I didn't move this to a, like a technical aspects for a moment mm-hmm. of why Gwenpool is incredible. I think... Here is my spiciest take that has been getting people a little rankled on TikTok and Twitter this week. I think this is as good as Animal Man from Grant Morrison. Speak on it. Let yeah. them know. This, I love Animal Man. Ann and I, if go back in the feed, Ann and I love Animal Man. We had a great talk about it. Gwenpool mm-hmm. is as good, if not better. I'm yeah. going to give you the props, Grant Morrison. You had the idea first, okay? It rules. And then they came in and they said, but what if it was better? And the reality is, is the gimmick of a character who understands they're in a comic book under the pencil of Gurihiru, who has an ability to conceptualize visually what it looks like for the character inside that panel to erase a panel border. We get to see us from our point of view, and then we get to see from Gwen's point of view what that's like to see her pages moving in perpetuity past her. When she holds Doctor Doom out past the panel borders, just the depth of field that is created by the artwork where you know he feels like he's hanging off the edge of a page. When That's all two dimensions. That's not true. That's not really happening. happening. But the verisimilitude is so strong with this comic book that you buy it. You believe it. You can see her fingers reaching out past panels. You can feel within the artwork the metatextual character crawling in and out of these panels in a way that I've seen this gimmick before and no one has done it as well. No one has made it as thematically resonant. No one has made such a compelling case for what it really means for a character to understand they're in a comic book and the nature of comic books. And then visually display that. I think the fact that Gwenpool realized that she could either become a villain or not exist anymore was genius. The idea of like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to become something other than yourself to last much longer. I think the trend goes the opposite way a lot where villa- female villains have to become heroes because so many people like them that like, well, this character has to kind of be a good guy now because mm-hmm. we want to put him on a shirt. And it's just. This book felt both like an inside joke to us and just a comic booking tour de force of craft on display. I, I was sad every time there was a filling artist. I don't want to spend time like. Besmirching anyone, I cannot draw as well as any of these people. Mm-hmm. But there was something very special when Gudahiru was on the book. You could just feel it. And I don't think there's any other artist that could sell the tone of this book as well. 
both the incredible, mind-boggling metatextual scenes and the little pig running away from aliens in a Gwenpool <laughs> costume. Like, get you a book that can do both. Oh, the Toothians. I love them. They were probably invented for my books, so we can kill them. <laughs> Criminal. Criminal. I, I loved at the very end the ones the ones we were fools to chase Gwenpool and the one is just so annoyed. He's just so over. He's like, You're a poet, sir. That I, that moment got me. That moment got me good. So good. There will but, be literally nothing better ever than that little pig in the costume. And then at the end, how it's like, it only likes the costume. It throws a fit when it's not in it. Mm-hmm. Mm, wonderful. But even without the meta context, I think that this is <clears throat> such an interesting arc for her at the end because the idea of like, <clears throat> you can conform to what people want you to be and continue on forever. Or you can be who you want to be and your fate is up in the air. And I think that's an incredible theme, especially for a queer character to have. I know that her arrow ace identity isn't explicitly explored in the story because it's only been recently a canon thing. But I think that if you're coming into the story looking for the themes that resonate in that way, I think that's definitely, definitely one that a lot of people will relate to. Um, I think one of the ones that really hit me the most is Gwen spending this entire run kind of looking for who she is and spending most of it being pretty like self-centered in a way where she's like, I'm going to do what's best and most fun for me and everyone else is kind of secondary. They're, they're the side characters. I'm the main character. And I liked Gwen's arc of growing, growing closer to these people, seeing them as her friends, seeing them as people and realizing that they are the ones who give her that value. They are the ones who help make her life one that's worth living. And she realizes that the way she was treating everything to begin with was wrong. And that the, the idea that she has to have these faith in these people, because these people are part of what makes her who she is. And as someone who's like been struggling a lot lately with just like, I, a lot of people, not just me have like, we, we constantly worry about what other people think of us. And we always want to be someone that people like. And it's like, <clears throat> I don't want to be just someone who is here because you, you feel like you have to be around me. I want to be someone that feels like I actually impact your life in a positive way. And when Gwen sees that kid dressed as her at the end, and it's just like, you have had an effect on people in a good way. And people do see you as an important part of their life. I, that really, really hit home this week. And that was, that was really, really something cool. I think Gwen's arc is amazing. You have had a profoundly good impact on my life. Anne. like, I don't have an Anne costume, like that little girl had a Gwenpool costume, but you have had a profound impact on my life. And I'm grateful that you're in it. And you are mine. All of you. Just me, though, mostly. The other two didn't also say anything important, so. If I say anything, I'm going to cry, so. Yeah. Look at us getting emotional. (laughs) Over a Gwenpool book. Like. Not me. Listen, when she drew the little money signs on her eyes, I was like. Oh, my God. Love her. I'm here for it. When she was told she couldn't have pants, I was like, this is hilarious. When she dressed the pool boys, I was like, (laughs) she has my heart. When 
she was like, wait, we're just playing D&D. She had my soul. And then when she broke the fourth wall in the realest way, she had my wallet. (laughs) Okay? She's incredible. No one does it like her. It's not a pink ombre. It's a dip dye. Okay? It's incredible. And oh, my heavens. Reading this, I was like, I would literally throw all of my money into Anne getting a pink dip dye in her hair. What I would give for you to do that to your hair. So help me. I could help you do it. I'll, we could do it during Comic-Con. I'll do it with Kool-Aid. So help me. So help me, Lord. Let me. Please. I I would love that. I've thought about it a lot in the oh. last 24 hours. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I was like, that is Anne. Look at her. Look at her with her pink, pink tips. I love it. Pink, pink tips and new tits. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a it's been a big year. <laughs> New York City, New Woo! York City. <laughs> We've lost. I'm dead. Come back later. <laughs> you gotta sorry, quit everyone. doing that. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I relate to. Uh, I'm like Miles Mouse. I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah, I made a mistake. I felt that so hard. I was like. Listen, I had that six months on Twitter. I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. My gosh. Do Miles is have... in this comic a lot more than I thought it would be. That was a pleasant surprise also. All of the characters. I was like, oh, hello. Listen, Dolph Miles. Miles. grown up, Miles. I was like, yeah. look at you. Yeah. You filled out. Look at you. <laughs> it was scary in that. He, he was. was. I said, he coming for her. Woo. And it, you already know this comic was made for me because there was an issue with Gwenpool, Pastepot Pete, and Doctor Doom. All in one issue. That's an Evan issue if I've ever heard one. That's crazy. When that never happens. And it was Bendis' like, Doom. And what was fun though is when she was like, "I want the real Doom," and I was like, "Hell <laughs> yeah, you do." I don't remember exactly. She's like, "You sound like reject Shakespeare lines." I was like, <laughs> "Outstanding work." She's she, Can you just say Richards, please? <laughs> <laughs> but then I also loved that Doom was not baffled by her throwing him into another realm. Like yeah. that I didn't know that's what I wanted out of it, but that is what I wanted out of it. it I like, I love that she realized it's like, oh shoot, I didn't wait for the climax. God damn it. I did it I too also, soon. I think it's also really great that that arc starts with, you know, Marvel's first villain, Pacepot Pete, and then the climax is with Marvel's greatest villain, Doctor Doom. And Doctor Doom is basically the start of Gwenpool's final arc. Like, he's the one that gives her the speech that says, you could choose who you want to be, basically. And she doesn't get it at first. And he's like, I didn't say... She was like, uh, are you saying I should be a villain? He's like, that's not what I said. I think you'll figure it out. And then he dips. And then she's like, I'll be a villain. And that's not actually what he meant. And I think that is great that, one, that they actually used, you know, good guy Doctor Doom, which... You didn't have to do that. You know, you could have ignored canon or anything, but Christopher Hastings was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with canon. What? Modoc Mo- has a mohawk right now because of Secret Wars when he was in love with Angela and tried to impress her? I'm going to stick with that. Dr. Doom's a good guy right now? Let's play with that. I think that's great. So I think it's really cool that we got a great moment of Dr. Doom just being like, hey, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. And it's also like really pivotal because that's what he was doing during this arc, and it was temporary. So... Oh, there's just a lot going on, and I love it. And I love, yo, shout out to Bendis. No one's going to say it, but I'll say it. Brian Michael Bendis, thank you for Dr. Doom being a good guy for a few arcs. 
Also, shut up, Dan Slot. I hate you. I hate you for taking Doctor Doom away from me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no hate against uh, Slot. I um, I really like Superior Spider Man, but it's really messed up that you made him put that toy back in the toy box, and I couldn't have Doctor Doom as a good guy for like another one value, maybe, maybe a mini series again. I liked Slot's Fantastic Four, but that's okay. I did. I liked Doom being like, I'm really liking this right now, but I realize it's not permanent. Like. Even Doctor Doom, who doesn't have the same foresight as Gwenpool, I think it's interesting. Just the the idea of recognizing the phases of life that you're in, right? Like if we take that concept and bring it out of the comic for us, just realizing and being able to savor the moments you're in and not feel remorse when they are temporary, you know? Because ultimately you're never going to be in this moment ever again but you can love it, right? And I, just, I thought it was great to use something as temporary as a comic book to talk about how permanent, seemingly flippant moments can be. The things that you can just walk past and choose to forget can also impact you forever. It's great. Comic books rule. They are such a special Ew. medium. Nothing like them. So fun. Should we <clears throat> go into the questions? Because we have a million yes. of them. Yes. Yep. I'm excited Time for the conversation. Let's do it. We'll start. All right. I'll go first. Dear Collective, haven't really kept up on the Gwenpool series, but I've read the first volume and it's really surprising what can be done storytelling wise with what was essentially just a variant cover. So my question is, what story would you want to see based off of a variant cover from Zach. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I feel like I don't know that many variant covers. I'm not deep in that lore yet. I'm trying. I, I don't think I'm even that. Oh, you know what? There was like a, a run of Marvel comic covers that they did when they bought the rights to Alien because Disney's a huge monopoly conglomerate that will never be stopped or defeated and we should all run from this Michael Mouse. Um, And so what they did was for variant covers they had Marvel heroes fighting uh, Alien like the Xenomorph and I really think that's a cool concept and I think they might actually be doing that now where they're actually doing a comic. I can't remember if it was a Xenomorph or a Predator that they're doing it for now but they're doing like a I think it's Wolverine versus Predator or Wolverine versus Alien or something. But they announced that like a few weeks ago, I think. And I thought that was a really cool uh, story idea. Because I would love to see like, my ideal story for that would be like Tony Stark. You know, he's Iron Man. He gets, you know, attacked by Xenomorphs. He's out of his elements. And now he's out of his suit. And he has to like MacGyver his way through, you know, space or a planet or something to like try to get off this alien planet infected by Xenomorphs. I think that'd be a very personal Tony Stark story, which is something that we sometimes don't get as much as we should. So I think that'd be really cool. So that'd be my pitch. Oh, is, is it kind of bad? The first one I thought of, because I was looking at variants for Wonder Woman 800 today, and I was like, I saw the one where it's the, um, it's the Pride variant that um, Friends of the Pod, um, um, Ted, Ted and Roe did. Ro. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's so cool. That'd be so great if they actually treated Diana like she was queer anywhere else. That'd be great. I'd like to see that variant cover story come to life or like any of the Supergirl, any of the Superman 
um, pride covers where they sneak Supergirl in there for some reason, which like, here's your supportive ally. No, no. Do something. Do something real. There we go. That's my that's my variant cover arc that I want. I think if we used female characters as often inside the books as we do on variant covers, that'd be God cool. damn it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm looking at the world's finest variant I have on my fucking wall of Supergirl and Stephanie Brown together. Okay, well, I'm first like, off, listen here. I don't want it to go that far. You leave world's finest alone. That's <laughs> oh. the boys book. Boys, 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 Bendis, boys, Bendis, boys, Bendis, 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 boys, Bendis, Bendis, boys. You can you can keep Bendis. That I'm okay with that. Boys, 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 boys. Oh my god. Speaking of boys and girls. Speaking of boy plays, I'm so glad you're getting the Ultimate Universe back tomorrow. That's awesome. Let's go. Honestly, huge W for boys. Boys and for America. Am I right? And um. How to live in the ultimate universe. Red Solo Pop. <laughs> Why would you, you up? up? We've got a homophobic Grey Hulk. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Because now he's smart. Hey, Evan. <laughs> tomorrow, my episode with Geeksplained about the original Ultimates run drops. You should Ooh. listen to it. It was a really good conversation about Ultimates. I will. I love the ultimates, and I love you. So that's a win for me. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, honestly, that boys, 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 boys just boys. plays plays in my head every single time I have read each of well, both times I have read a Mark Wade Dan Mora Shazam issue. Because listen, I understand it was a huge win and then a huge loss right away for the Mary Marvel community, <laughs> but mm-hmm. reading that Shazam book, boys, 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 boys. boys, boys. When a T-Rex showed up in a top hat to make Billy Batson do paperwork for having saved a spaceship with magic, I was like, boys, 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 boys. boys, boys. It's the greatest comic ever written, boys. And that's what I have to say on that. I just died again. You're about to die some more because I want to change my answer. I think that we should take the swimsuit variant covers and make that into an ongoing comic. And that should be it. (laughs) Just hot people yep. on the beach. No shenanigans. You're like, hey, listen, we're canceling Birds of Prey. We're canceling Fire and Ice. It's just the swimsuit issues. Yes. That's all That's all you need, right? Boys, 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 boys. Every horny Kevin Wada cover is now. Every time Nightcrawler, you're kind of like, do I want to fuck Nightcrawler? Because Kevin Wada drew him. That. put Make that a book. That's happened at least three times for me. Yo, I'm gonna lie to you. That fur ball's got something going on. Listen, you're like, is it like a peach or a tennis ball? (laughs) By the way, I'm trying to take a bite. No, I'm saying, (laughs) boys, 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 boys. boys, boys. (laughs) What can you do with that tail? Boys, 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 boys. About to find out. Boys. Hell yeah. Yo, you smell that? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. Boys, boys. That's all you need to know. Boys. Boy smell. Anyway, all right. Who's reading <laughs> next that next one. one? I think the boys can read the next damn question. Right. No, don't don't give them more. Which this one? one? Uh, uh, Owen Sa- Owen Sailor. It's a big long one. Oh, Starts boy. with the first I think... thing I want to mention. These might have came out of order for me. Yeah, yeah it did. it goes back. I'm gonna read my friend uh, Keanu's. Uh, he says, "Hi." <laughs> no, he says more. Thanks, Keanu. <laughs> 
So cool you're covering Gwenpool, one of my absolute favorite characters. I never shut up about her, lol. Anyway, my question is, if she gets a new run, who would you want the creative team to be? It'd be pretty hard to beat Hastings and Gary Hiru, of course. Hope you all have an amazing day, hearts. And inside Panda, but we all know who that is. The funny thing is, I don't know if it is or not. I'm pretty sure I've okay. gotten an email from Keanu, and this was not that email. So there Uh-oh. might be two pandas that listen to this. Hey, Panda, it's all love, baby. Keanu, wherever you are, it's all love, baby. So, um, I think the want? easy answer is just saying Hastings and Guru Hero again, right? But mm-hmm. we should do something different. Bring them back. Bring them Bring back. Them back. All right, so I want Bendis. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> boys, boys, okay. boys, 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 boys. No. Boys. Come on. You got to pick someone who's good for this. Anyway, I want a Hickman. Um... <laughs> oh, no. Those data pages would be funny, Hickman though. can do comedy, as we clearly saw during the um, lovely, lovely um, Mojoverse story we read. Oh. He nailed it. Oh. Everybody loves the Mojoverse, baby. <laughs> In in actuality, I think um, I had an answer and it just slipped out of my mind. Come back to me in a second. I would say Kelly Thompson, but she did get a crack. Mm, okay. I want Ted and Roe. I want <gasps> Ted Brandt and Roe Stein. Oh my God. Yes. I want oh, them. That is the right answer. A, <laughs> I want them to be paid to do an ongoing comic. Fuck yeah. And B, I think their specific brand of comedy mm-hmm. and particularly visual storytelling strength would yes. loan itself well to a Gwenpool comic. I was thinking um, the same thing, which I was freaking out because I remember their names, but I couldn't remember um, Chris Sabella. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say that duo again. So now I'm going to say something different that I think we all could agree with too, though, which is John Allison and Max Saren. Oh my god! Oh, yes. Like two, yes. two easy dubs. <laughs> I, I love oh. your answer is also an easy dub, Dallas. So hey. we're all about dubs today. Hey, baby. listen, you... listen. Here's another dub while Anne and Lexi are still thinking. Kyle Starks and Chris Schweitzer. Boys, 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 boys. That's what it's all about, baby. That's what I'm trying to hear. Listen, we've been on a real boys, boys, boys episode over here. I'm not I'm excited to see when Anne and Alexa start contributing to these questions. We can't keep We're up. just letting you get it out of your system. Know. Oh boys. These girls, girls, girls are gonna quit the pod. Listen Take here, you put on <laughs> Listen here, you put on pink and white Gwenpool and it's a boys episode. You too. It's a boys episode. I'm really working out. I was, really I was gonna say, Dallas, put your little arms away. Evan isn't really up showing you over there. <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no up showing here. about how you sell it. All bodies are beautiful, baby. Look That's at Dallas. True. Look at that pretty face. Don't say no to that. Come here. Give me a little kiss. Oh, it's just boys, like boys, mine. Boys, 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 boys. I want Kevin Wada to draw me. Yo, is- I want him. Never mind. This is just Barbie versus Oppenheimer, the podcast. It is so true. <laughs> and we're Barbie. Yeah, I'm going to say we're saw... Barbie. I don't know what you're trying to say here. <laughs> I saw the funniest t-shirt that I want to buy so bad. It was a t-shirt for Barbie and Oppenheimer split down the middle, middle and they sewed them together and said Barbenheimer. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I want that so bad. <laughs> Wear it. Watch both of them. The, the only thing I can think of is Ryan North and Erica Henderson. And that feels like a cop out. That's a really good mm-hmm. answer, though. But I don't want Ryan North off Fantastic Four for the next 12 years. That's fair. It's so fun. It's so fun. Evan, have you gotten to read his Doom issue yet? 
No, I should get to it. I got so distracted. There's so much going on. He wrote one of the best dooms in recent memory for Fantastic Four 700. I'm very excited. I'm very big into doom. Some are saying it's the summer of doom. A little who's, hot doom summer. Evan, um, Evan is some. That. I'm saying it. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> boys. Boys. God damn it. All right. <laughs> Should we read the next boys question? No. Yes. Girls right get this one. one. Girls get this one. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Hello, Comics Collective. The first thing I want to mention is how cool it is that you're covering Unbelievable Gwenpool for the show. I always thought this was one of the books that not enough people talk about. I agree. I can't believe that no one talks about this as much as they should. That's fucking insane. Anyways, um, especially when it comes to great recent Marvel runs. I find it very fascinating how what started out as Gwen-themed Deadpool variant cover around 2015 eventually blossomed into a fully developed character with an interesting power set and a great book to boot. I mean, the Guru Hero artwork alone is worth the price of admission. And I think that got cut off at the top. I'm sorry. I'm I'm diving into the actual notes to, to take a look at this one. Ah, which one was it? Um, Seems like the girls, girls, girls were not ready. No, it's, you it's, shut it's, your it's damn the mouth. Boys, 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 screenshotted the thing wrong. I'm in the notes app. I'm trying to find it. It is not in the one. same order in the notes the app. Oh, the wait. No, yeah, one. it is. There's another one. Okay, you deleted it. That's what messed me up. I was like, it's the first one we already read, but that's not. Okay. Anyways, Sorry. back to what we were saying. The Guru the Hero artwork alone is worth the, the price girls. of admission. Thank you. But this leads to my question, because Gwenpool's abilities literally allow her to literally manipulate the structure of the comic around her. Do you think her power set would make her very difficult to adapt to any other mediums like animation or live action? Much love, Owen Sailor. P.S. I hope you're having a great day, and I wish everyone listening a happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month to you too, Owen. And yeah, what do we think? Would that make an adaptation impossible, or would you just have to adjust to the medium? I feel adjust like it like a very fun cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you, you know put... the Harley Quinn cartoon, I feel like that could be very fun style. Oh yeah, for a Gwenpool. It's like if you put her in something that was in the same like vein as like Spider Verse, she would like yeah. flourish because that's like, already looks something like that's... a comic book. Yeah, yeah. something that's already what? embracing the idea of like what can we do in this medium and stretching it. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, yes. I don't even know if you have to even go that far. Um, I think. Especially if like you're taking her TV, I think animation is cr- the correct answer and the mm-hmm. way to go. Um, I can't imagine a live action working, especially with the way Deadpool is right now and his whole stick. Is, his stick works really well in live action because he was there kind of first before everyone else could get there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's what he's doing is more like She Hulk and Gwenpool stick more than it is Deadpool's stick. But he's doing it really well in his own movie, so I think. It would feel like a repeat if she came to live action. But I do think animation is the right way to go. And I think the right animation style would even be nothing even like that crazy. But um, what's that show called? Um, Rick and Moon Morty. Girl? Rick and Morty. Yeah, you know the one where she's Pickle Rick. Ah, it's Quick Pickle Gwenpool. We're, we're here. I, I might not sound like this anymore because of the, of the, of the voice actor. Uh, you know, the whole thing. But mm-hmm. um, Gwenpool would sound like that without you know messaging minors or whatever he did and um no but i was just saying like the moon girl tv show i think has the right animation style um and oh, energy yeah. i think mm-hmm. i think that like whoever's behind the creative team really has the right uh flow and styling 
or just an anime show in general. I think that show is amazing. I watched a few episodes. It's very cute. I mean, this is a little tangential, but to see so many comic book professionals be involved with the making of Spider-Verse made me very happy. You know, because I was like, I wonder who is behind that Moon Girl show because it rules. And then I was just like, remember how David Walker and Chris Anka worked on Spider-Verse? Like, hell yeah. Look what happens when you pay comic book creators Mm -hmm. good money and give them time. Like, Look at what their imaginations can make. Incredible. (laughs) It's a great movie. It'd be fun to see Gwenpool in a game because I keep thinking to um I keep thinking back to Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three when Deadpool had an ultimate move where he would literally rip out the health bar and beat you with it. And well, you could have a lot of fun with Gwenpool in video games. So I have some good news. She was in the video game. It was really? um the Lego superheroes game. And I think she's playable because everyone's playable, but sh- her whole thing is that um she just gives you all like the tutorial stuff and you know, clues. And I think she also like lets you do cheat codes and stuff. So it's pretty much exactly how you'd want her to be in that game. And she's That's very, awesome. she's like the best part of the game, in my opinion. <laughs> that rules. Um, Alexis, do you want to read Joshua Gomez's question? Of course I do. Okay. So it says, hello, collective. So talking about our arrow ace icon, I have two questions. Number one, if you got to Marvel comics, Isakai? Isakai? Mm-hmm. Like her? Which superhero would you accidentally cosplay? And what would your route to riches and power within the Marvel U be? And then question number two. Which of her comic character in a comic manipulating the comic book format tricks do you think best demonstrates something you can only do in a comic? Thanks. Greatly looking forward to this episode. Joshua. So number one. So Alexis, an isekai is a manga like fairy tale where a regular character goes through a portal to a crazy world. <gasps> oh, so that's okay. what And hentai. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, actually, then what just happened? It's oh, pronounced no. Oshikai first and foremost. And, uh, this is my kitten. Uh, oh, no. What was that? <laughs> I need to go home. Oh, I'm a cat. <laughs> Oh, suffering, suffering, Ash. This is my kitten. Boys, boys, oh, boys. Anime, stage left. <laughs> That's a joke for the dads out there. <laughs> oh, you dad listeners. The 1% of our show that is over the age of 24. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I look at our demographic and I'm like... Hello, kids. That's that's literally just my aunt and grandpa checking in every once in a while. Being like, she's still doing it? Good for her. More than my Shout out, Aunt Beth. You're great. Yo, aunt and grandma, uh, don't don't look up hentai. (laughs) Whatever you do. (laughs) That was a little inside joke. I'm I'm a good Christian child. Anne has no idea what it is. I know Dallas knows what it is. You know what I'm saying? But um, don't look it up. Hey, Dallas has been to pornography.com. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, the, the whole answer was no. I haven't been to that one. <laughs> you think the oh, one he one. hasn't been okay. to? <laughs> okay. I can confidently say no. He's been poor on like, Have you oh, ever been to head. porn and I just like gripped the side of the chair? Ography.com. <laughs> no. No. Actually. So, Actually, no. Meanwhile, on the other hand, I cannot say the same because once you told me that story, I did Google it to see what popped up. Nothing oh, exciting. Yeah. It was nothing. Uh. <laughs> Just regular old porn. 
Like, this two girls, one run- cup again. This is the run of the mill shit. God, damn where it. are the tentacles? <laughs> Where's the real scary shit? <laughs> I want you to the- frighten me. Okay, we're supposed to be answering you. We dress up. I think that answered the questions. <laughs> yeah. That, next question. <laughs> Lexi, who would you cosplay in the Marvel Universe? Oh my goodness, I'm dying. Um, who would I cosplay in the Marvel Universe? See, I feel like I would pick Spider Woman's outfit purely because it looks the most exciting. And... I hate that you went first. I hate that you went first because I was gonna say Spider Woman's porcupine husband because I want to be Spider Woman's husband, and then my damn sister went first and said, "I'd like to be Spider Woman." <laughs> now I gotta sit over here like, "Oh, I'm like, oh." drink bleach oh. i hate it here the one <laughs> i don't go first i gotta go kill myself real quick oh my god you didn't have to share <laughs> oh lord damn it all the hell uh, well okay <clears throat> so my question is if you cosplay in a revealing costume like if i wanted to be like gamora from the early 2000s does that mean by comic logic that my body would automatically become like perfect? I feel like it's only fair. Because it, it, in comics logic, you ha- it has to you have to be super sexualized. You have to be super stylized. So like, if I want abs, I just have to wear a revealing costume, right? That's that's yeah. it. That's the key. Okay, Maybe perfect. Yeah. We'll, I'm we'll wearing the something. Sue Storm '90s costume. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Unironically, you rock it, but you know. Frankly, I got the legs for it. I gotta start. I gotta look at some of the female characters' costumes because I I got the legs for it. You have to tell your mini TSA story about the legs. Oh my gosh. So, once upon a time, I was wearing, I wore some Hoochie Mama shorts my whole vacation, little tiny shorts. And I walk through, I like get up to go through the metal detector. And the guy says, What you bench big? No, he says, what are you squat, big boy? Looking at my thighs. And I was like, ooh. And then I <laughs> went through the metal detector and it went beep. And then a red square showed up directly over my penis. And he looked <laughs> oh, at me. The- and then he looked at the thing and then he looked back at me and he just gave me this like, shut up. No. <laughs> right after he just asked me about my big old thighs. And I was the last one to go through. So my whole family's sitting there putting on their shoes and they see it light up right over my penis and they go, they all just start to laugh immediately. And so I'm standing there. I'm a big guy. And this TSA guy, he's a real big guy. And he's like, uh, right. And he's like getting in there. And I wanted to die with how dutifully I was patted down, seeing if there was some metal around my genitals. <laughs> I think it was an aglet on my sweats or something. I don't know. But. <laughs> Fully crazy. You didn't have to tell the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaving it vague for a reason. <laughs> nah, that was crazy. I was four minutes into a vacation, and I was like, I. It really was. Same. It was us checking into our first flight. <laughs> That's the best part. Right at the beginning. It's crazy. Oh, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just stuck at the fact that you got a no way, whereas like the trans women go through the same thing and they're just like, it's a completely different experience. <laughs> oh my God, TSA is a nightmare. Anyways, 
my my plan if I was to be in the Marvel universe and I got to Gwenpool my thing, like if I could step out of my comic, could I go to a crossover? Because could I go all the way back to the Infinity Gauntlet story and pick out the Infinity Gauntlet and say this is mine now? Just hold on to it, hmm? dibs. Maybe yeah, so shit, I could. Be. I could go stop Avengers 200 from happening. I could autocorrect all the bullshit that has ever happened. Oh my god, I could save. Ooh, ooh, I could. What's what's her name? Maddie, the the Spider Woman. I could save Maddie Franklin. I would do it. That that's oh, what I would yeah. do. If I was in the Marvel universe, I would be the Avenger of the Fridged Women. I would pull I them out of their fridging stories. I could save Kamala. She just gets to fridge all of the men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, her superhero name is the refrigerator. The comic. <laughs> the, that was, I, I like this option better. My first option was I'm going to go find every radioactive animal and get bit by all of them <gasps> until I collect all the powers. Like the Infinity <laughs> Stones of really bad. You become animal vegetable mineral woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, no. I got the idea from the Craven trailer where he was basically bitten by a radioactive lion and that's how he gets his powers, <laughs> I guess. That was, that, that was a fun experience. Blood in him. Boys. Boys. No. Girls. Girls just saved the universe. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. What is the best manipulate the comic book form moment from the comic? I think the word balloon that helps her get out oh, of the window. Yeah. That was so great. The very good oh one. my gosh. It's the uh, pencil the, drop. Dropping the pencil? The dropping the pencil is something. Because the other part of the question, because I was listening, was that can't be like, you know, put into other medium. And you cannot do the pencil bit in any other medium. It just does not work. Her dropping from a pencil from one panel to the next and be able to catch it from the like the bottom panel. How are you going to do that in a mm-hmm. TV show? How are you going to do that in any in a written book? How are you going to do that in real life? You can't. It doesn't work. You need the comic book format. And that's why I think it's the best one. I loved every single moment where you see her running around the gutter. Where you're like, I have no idea why you're there. And she's just like, ignore me. Ignore me. Don't look at me yet. Yeah. You'll you'll understand later. <laughs> I just, I love that. That was, that was so great. I love, speaking to Evan's point, I love that comic books are the closest we come to experiencing time as its own dimension. All of it happens on one space that we understand in relationship to itself rather than Mm -hmm. linearly. That is a very cool part of the comic book medium that when understood by a creative creates the kind of stories that are unadaptable. True. I agree. My favorite favorite is when she climbs Mm -hmm. up back into the panels after, after visiting her little old woman friend. She's just like, bye. Just crawls back up into the panels. That moment where she's like, I can't believe you hung around all these years. And yeah. she's like, well, that's what happens when you dress up as me. And I'm like, that's such a, that was such a beautiful mm-hmm. moment. Cause I'm like, this is, you can take these characters with you forever. If a character pe- impacts you at some point in your life, you will carry that with you forever. And I think that's so fucking special. This is, I'm looking at the page with the little girl in the costume right now. And I'm, this is the like fourth or fifth time I've started tearing up during this episode and I'm, I'm over it. I'm so over it. <laughs> I need, Oh my God. Sadly, one of those times was about Shazam number one, but the other three were pretty heartfelt. I, why would you bring that back up? 
Why? <laughs> the anyway, misogynist art continues. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't co-sign that one. <laughs> I just guess, sorry. I get so caught up in the boys. I'm the bend. We're the Bendis boys. We gotta. That's right. Evan, do you want to read whatever one you want to next? Yeah, I've been trying to, because all these pictures came in like scrambled up for me, so I'm trying to decide for them. So I'm going to read a short one. This one has my name in it. Did we read the one from Chris yet? No. Okay. Spoiler, this is from Chris. Hey, Comics Collective crew and Evan. I am so happy that you were reviewing one. (laughs) Sorry. I make myself laugh too much. Um, I'm so happy. This is what he sounds like, by the way. I'm so happy that you're reviewing one of my top five favorite Marvel characters in Gwenpool. I have two questions to ask you for this episode. Can you name any writer and artist teams that matched up perfectly like Christopher Hastings and Gary Hiru did for this series? The art for the issues Gary Hiru did not draw were good, but the issues and covers they did match the characters and story Christopher was telling perfectly. I'm so sorry I butchered that. Chris did a better job writing it, I promise. Question two. Are there any other characters you have read? that you want to protect with your life like I do Gwen. She is such sweet marshmallow that I don't want anything bad to ever happen to her ever. Thanks, Chris. So first question, can you name any writer and artist team that matched up perfectly like Hastings and Gary Hero did? Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely with Flex Mentallo. Beautiful. So true. That's a 10 out of 10 comic. That is surprisingly pretty similar to Gwenpool. And? I'm, there's so many I could pick. The first one that came to mind was Tom King and Bill Quiz Evely in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. I, I will never feel more smug than when that book hit. Because I remember the day it was announced. Everyone on Twitter was like, this is the worst thing that has ever happened. And then me just, I'm, I felt like that, the meme of like the white wolf up on the hill. It's like, I'm going to give it a try. And then <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I'll, I'll admit I was one of those people who's very hesitant. Cause I'm like, I've, I've never seen Tom take the reins on a female character before. So I have no idea what to expect. And I was very, very pleased. Very, very happy. Never stopped talking about that comic. What do you think, Kevin? I think I feel like we named all the ones like you know Allison, Saren, Ted Rowe, and um, Sebla, Se- uh, Chris Sebella. Oh, I think Thank the you, question Sabella. is Sorry. a team that matched up with a character, not a team we want. Oh. Can you name a writer and teams that matched up perfectly like Christopher Hastings and Gary Hero did for the series? Right? Mm-hmm. Any writer and that matched up perfectly? I have one. Well, I think yeah. of like a team that matched up perfectly with the series they wrote <clears throat> like Hastings and Gary Hero did with this book. I might have right. misunderstood the question. No. Uh, that's how I read it. Sorry. I misunderstood the question then. Go ahead, Lexi. Lexi. I loved, loved, loved Dan Slott and Mike Alred on Silver Surfer. Oh! You're right. Damn. That's a perfect comic. They are. Those are... I sometimes just look at them. I have never in my life gone back and just looked at pages in a comic we've read before. But I look at those ones and I cry a little bit inside every time. (laughs) I'm like, I love you. I will never forget that comic book. Mm -hmm. Wolfman and Perez on anything. Mm. 
Frank uh, Miller and Klaus Janssen on Daredevil. Damn it. Mm. All right. Brian Michael Bendis and Marco Bagley, or Bagley, as some way say, on Ultimate Spider-Man. You're Literally so couldn't be re- redone. They tried. You're so no offense to uh, What's-His-Face. He did good, too. Do you think they'll ever let Mark Bagley draw anything that's not Spider-Man again? He's been doing it since nope. 1990. He's too damn good. He's His Dan Slott series of Spider-Man right now? Nobody's talking about it. Everybody's hating Amazing Spider-Man. You should check out that one because it's fun and low stakes. The first arc being a Spider-Verse one was absolutely a stupid cash grab <laughs> that is kind of mid, but the second arc about Electro has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Also, Miles Morales. That's yeah. also true. I thought of one that's halfway there. Cliff Chang is the perfect Wonder Woman artist. I just... Ooh. Well, yeah. Azarella was not the perfect Wonder Woman writer. Listen here, she said, all right, we got a little pow. Skiddly the pow. Oh, I'm sorry, who keeps bringing up Shazam? Yeah, that's, so that's what I thought. No. It's just so good. Shut up. Silence. Girl time. I really liked uh, Kieran Gillen and Dan Moore. Well, Dan Moore with anybody, period. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. But Kieran Gillen and Dan Moore on Once in Future. Mm. Oh, speaking of girls, Josie did, Campbell did and um, oh, you said it right, Doc Shanner. Oh, okay. Sorry, what was that? Josie Campbell and Doc Shanner on Mary Marvel. Yes. Perfect comic. Crime. I have a confession. Hmm. I didn't love the writing on that series. Okay. Anyways, I'm leaving the collective as of now. Thanks, I everyone. It's Doc been Shanner, real, but no! that series didn't quite hit right for me. So question number two, are there any other characters you have? Are there I any other characters you have read that you want to protect with your life like I do Gwen? And you pretend I said that because it's Gwen. I would kill all of you. And I don't think that's a joke. I would kill all of you to save Gwen. So I, I if there's an option fair. between your that's lives, fair. I love you, or Gwenpool never existing, you're dead. You're dead. I feel like I have to ride the coattails of my answer from the last question of this bit. But if anything ever happened to Don Greenwood, I would sacrifice someone on this podcast. I'd probably my... hold Dallas over a comic book panel and be like, how dare you? You didn't do it, but I know you thought about it. <laughs> no, my answer is literally Don Greenwood as well. I think if I honestly. No one can touch her. That's Leave something her I talked with Slot about when I got my omnibus signed. And he was like, I knew I had to give her an ending because the next person would fridge her. He's it's like, true. I just, I had yeah. to like beginning, Even middle, Dad and end. Protected her. He's like, oh. it was sad. It made me cry. He's like, I wanted the idea of her as a character that like lasts forever. He's like, but I knew I could either say goodbye to her in a loving, respectful way or watch someone else fridge her. And I was like, you're very real for that. Mm-hmm. And it also broke my heart. But Don Greenwood, you will be famous forever. Mine was Kamala Khan. Jeez oh, Louise. <laughs> you did a bad job. Some time off. We'll, we'll approve your time <laughs> off. You could have you done so a, much better. You did a bad job. What character you said, I'll protect with my life. <laughs> How is she doing? Dance was on her PTO, okay? Leave her alone. This <laughs> is the worst bodyguard in history. Okay, wait, wait, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're still standing. Was, <laughs> which was supposed to see that coming? They snuck it under the radar by fucking hiding her in a Spider-Man book. They're All like, I'm no saying. one's going to see this coming because it's the dumbest shit imaginable. 
We're oh, so stupid, but we think we're smart. What? They didn't dare do it until I was out of the country. Yeah, they no. knew. They knew who would really defend her. Damn. I just, Damn. I'm so pissed that I was over. It's like it was. I was sitting in the park eating a sandwich, having a good time, and there was someone fighting with like like um sabers in the middle of the park, and someone came over and stabbed me. I wasn't even part of the fight, but they came over and shanked me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What, what the fuck did I do? The worst. I was ignoring me, you. The worst news for me is when they whispered from the walls, "It's coming from inside the house." I was like, ah! <laughs> "Hello!" Ah! It was so oh. fun. It's not funny what happened to Kamala Khan, obviously, <laughs> but it was so funny that when they uh, like showed, like when they first announced, like this issue is going to be the most surprising issue. Look, look for it in four months or whenever. We're showing the variant now. It's a, it's the anniversary of Gwen Stacy's death. We're, we're referencing her cover. Someone's going to die. And I said, it'd be so funny if someone like Captain America died in a Spider-Man comic, a book he barely showed up in. And then what happened? You, you did this to us. If it they was Captain America, like, I'd be like, that was me. I did that. But I did, I'm not responsible for this. No one thought that was possible. Damn. And then I... everyone was just like, oh, it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. We can't just blame the writer. And then Wells was like, it was my idea. <laughs> yes, Wells is like, no, you can blame me on that one. No. Yep. And I'm like, how is it even your idea? How did you even come up with that? What are you talking about? Also, oh he's like the biggest Maddie Pryor fan in the world. And I was like, you know what it's like to have your female yeah. character wronged for the narrative. And you said, we just don't do it like we used to anymore. <laughs> and then Nick Lowe was just like, before it even like got leaked or anything, he was like, yo, Wells, don't show up to any cons. Like, don't go anywhere. And everyone was just like, how bad can it be? <laughs> and it was very bad. And I think, Wells, you should stay away from cons. And that's not me saying anything. I'm not going to do anything. But there's mad people out there, man. Yo, I was trying so hard to be like, you guys are kind of mean to this run. And it lost me. I was like, it lost. I was like, you lost the guy who was willing to be like, I mean, I'm not really having fun anymore. But I like Hellions a lot. And you lost me, Wells. (laughs) You lost me. One good vulture story isn't enough. And he writes a very good tombstone. I'll say that. He does. Some of that arc was, that book was fun. And it just, boy, what a bad decision. Okay. I think it's my turn to read one. Mm. I think so. I'll read a big long one. All right. Dear Comics Collective plus Evan. That's me. Gwen Poole is special to me. I was first exposed to her just scrolling through any pages of her comic that popped up on my Pinterest feed and was immediately enamored by the art of Guru Hero. That's a mood. Just finding <laughs> fandom through Pinterest. Where that was me and that Dr. was literally Who. me as a child. That's how that <laughs> happened. That's why I'm here, everyone. I feel you. Thank that you. It was me and Doctor <laughs> Who. I was like, I'm not going to watch that show with too many <laughs> damn episodes, but I do mm. like the aesthetic. Um. But that was mostly it. Until very, very recently. I had started reading Unbelievable on Marvel Unlimited, then all of a sudden she had come out as Arrow Ace a week after I started. A character who was already very much like me just became more like me, and I adored that. The sheer creativity displayed in this comic is astounding, and I could not get enough of it. And even if I didn't want it to end, I can't deny the ending was perfect. Still have a lot of my omnibus to read, though, so I still have time to spend with Gwen. As for my questions, does the constant worry of needing to buy more shelves as you collect more and more comics ever go away? 
asking for a friend and totally not me. And for Evan, Marvel comes to you and asks for a Gwenpool comic pitch. What do you say? Thanks for your time. Love the podcast. Hudson Davis. (laughs) Yeah. Listen here, you little comic pitch. What do you say? Whoa, what the hell? I thought we were vibing, Hudson. What happened? Yeah. Listen here, plus Evan. (laughs) What do you got to (laughs) say? First of all, uh, Hudson, I'm very happy for you. I think it's very great whenever you get to see yourself represented. It doesn't happen a lot for, I don't want to say you people, but your people. <laughs> God, <laughs> your kind. During <laughs> Pride Month. I was trying to be. I was trying to actually be nice and not joke around. My bad, Hudson. But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> you know, representation isn't something that a lot of us get to see done right, let alone at all. So I think it's very cool that, one, you found this character just in time, and two, that you know, it's good representation for you. So I'm very happy for you. And I hope you like the rest of um, Gwenpool stories. And I hope you'll also get more representation. You know, it's out there and it's coming, I think. I think more is coming nonstop all the way. Um, your question. If Marvel came to me and asked me to pitch a Gwenpool comic, I might have to turn them down. I think it's hard I think this is one of the hardest characters to write. I don't know if I have the skills yet to do it. I think a lot of people have tried to write Gwenpool. And I think right now the best thing for her is to continue to be kind of a secondary character. And not in a bad way, but in a very good supportive way. She went through her arc. She knows you know, about comics and life and the life cycle of comics. I think that's something that could help another character a lot. So my pitch would not be for a Gwenpool comic, but for her to accompany someone else on their miniseries. Someone more obscure or someone who's on that verge of always like falling off. Maybe someone, not to be rude, maybe someone like Silk. Silk is a character that's popular, always has minis, but never gets an ongoing. And I think it's because Marvel's scared to invest in her and that she's always on that edge. She might be one of those characters that would very excel with another character coming and saying, I've been there. I know exactly what that's like. Here's how I can help you. And then her, like Gwenpool trying to help her navigate through those emotions of, you know, where do I stand? Who am I? Um, but if I had to do, if I was good enough to write a Gwenpool story, I think I would continue the thread of, you know, talking about the comic industry. I don't know exactly how I would do that. I think, again, they knocked it out of the park so far. I think both Hastings and Williams, which we didn't read here, but Gwenpool Strike Back is something that's a more controversial um, kind of epilogue or companion piece to this one because some people don't like Williams' writing. Um, And to be fair, Williams writes a very cringy and meme type of Gwenpool character, but it's all in service for a story. And by the end, you realize what that arc is for Gwen, and I think it all comes together in a very, very good way. I also don't think the humor is that bad. I think it's actually pretty funny. So... I would want to continue not off of that, but unilaterally to that. Like, what do you say about a character who's already had two very good endings of, you know, like she already has? So I don't know exactly what to say yet, but I would love to say something about Gwenpool. And maybe I'm not even the right person to say it because, you know, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeremy Whitley? Is that his last name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I think that was I was very surprised that their voice was so good for the character because I wasn't sure who else could write Gwenpool on the same level as Hastings. And I think Whitley knocked it out of the park. 
So I think someone from, you know, the Arrow Ace community might be the next step for Gwenpool. I would love to come in after that, but I think this is a, a thread uh, that should be continued and I could learn from because I don't know a lot about that community or, or your community, Hudson. And I would love to keep learning and, you know, hopefully honor that whenever, if I ever got the chance to write Gwenpool. So sorry, I couldn't give you a more direct answer, Hudson, but we love you anyway. And long live Gwenpool. She'll never die. And you can write that down. She will never die again because she did technically die in one book one time. So we won't, you know, that, don't, that doesn't count because it was, it was a Deadpool like miniseries. So I don't know that that doesn't really count. So returning again. back to that question of who you would spare your life, who, who you'd put yourself on the line for. I think every character deserves to have the kind of love from their creator like red racer has from grant morrison who was like i'm retiring from comics and then was so bothered by the killing of their character red racer that they're like i will come do the pride issue and i will bring back red racer and then i will return to retirement (laughs) incredible um as far as having too many books for your shelf Never going away. The one Mm -hmm. thing that I had to come to terms with was if I like it but don't love it, I should get it in the hands of someone else who will like maybe love it. So I have found a lot of success and just like freedom of mind in reselling my comic books to other comic book fans at a discounted rate. I'm like, I'm not trying to make money off these things. I'm just trying to get them out of my house and get them into the hands of people that will love them because I think these artifacts deserve to be in whatever collection they're going to be the most loved in. So at this point, my comic book collection, there's a little bit of fluff I can probably clear out in the next month or so, but like every book in my collection at this point is special to me Mm -hmm. and I love it. And that's a pretty fun place to be. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good good attitude to have. Like if you're holding on to things that you don't need, there's someone out there that, that book is going to resonate with. Like I'd never read Pretty Deadly until I got my copy from Dallas and now it's it's one of my favorites. I love Pretty Deadly so much. That's a gangster it's comic. It's good. Always always share what you have. Like I sent my I currently do not possess a hard copy of Sunstone because my copies I have it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And also, you know, to be a little bit more, uh, what's the word, romantic about it, you always have those memories, right? So, mm-hmm. you you know, you hand these books off to someone else, they get to, you know, experience that love that you experienced when you first read the book. And then maybe one day the book will come back to you and you get to like re-feel those feelings that you had once. But you always have the memories and the memories don't go away. Yeah, yeah true. And to be honest, like the streaming services, the Marvel Unlimited and DC Infinite have made things so much easier. Mm. Like I mostly, my hardcover um, comics are mostly indies now because if I want to revisit like Power Girl or if I want to revisit um, Unstoppable Wasp, which I'm thinking about because it's also Jeremy Whitley and Guru Hero, we should check it out sometime. Then I can just pull it up on my app and check it out on my tablet. And it's it's a piece of cake and it saves so much space keep the comics that you love and hold most dear to you and you never want to lose because you never know what's going to happen. But there's so many things that you just, you, if you're lacking space, you can find ways to get around it. Also hoopla, great, great option. If you're looking for 
ways to to borrow books without spending money. I will say though, don't let anybody fully talk you out of physical books if you love oh, yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Like I I love digital comics. They mean a lot to me. I read a lot of digital comics. I read a lot of audiobooks, digital books, but like I love books. I love the actual craftsmanship of books. I love having them in my hands. I love having them in my home. And I think sometimes it's okay to be maximalist with your books. You know, we're in a minimalist age. Screw it. Have the books. Get the other shelf. If it brings you joy, let it bring you joy. Or do what I do and sell all your home decor on the internet so you can take those shelves for your books. And then your partner says, where's all the stuff that was on our shelves? Gone. Gone. Gwenpool. Yes. (laughs) All righty. Next question. Next question. I can grab it. Let's see. This next one comes... From Dan. Hello, Comic Collective. I'll be honest, I haven't read Gwenpool yet, but we'll be sure to do so. Just wanted to thank you for your dedication to this medium. It's always a pleasure to listen to every one of you, including the secret fourth member known as Mr. Von Poole. We're going to... I got you. I got you. Thank you. Also, thanks to you guys. I have read way more books and listening to some of you... Sorry. Listen to how some of you are trying to become a professional writer makes me more excited since I'm on the same journey. I actually don't have a question. Just wanted to say hello over here since my social anxiety only lets me be a looker on Twitter. Wish you all a fantastic week. Yours truly, Dan Sheher. P.S. Sorry if by any point my English wasn't clear enough. No, your English was fine. It's just my face can't make the sound sometimes. So that's on me. We love you. Thanks for writing in. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Look, and also, don't be a stranger. Journey goes well. Also, hope your writing journey goes well. And also, don't be a stranger. You know, I under. Oh yeah. I'm, we're not trying to pressure you or anything, but there's. Uh, we will try to say hi back. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Me read like... Kyle Stark's comics. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You might not have read that otherwise. <laughs> Mm, okay. Alexis, you want to Alexis, read the next you one? Get the big yes. one. Nope, the I'm just keeping that big one. Oh, that could nope, be a no boys big chunker. Okay. Boys, 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 boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna read the one from Sean McLaughlin, I believe. Yeah. From it says Gwenpool. Hey guys, love the show. Do you think she? Do you think she should stay hating Deadpool since he was too much of teh memes, or do you want them to be friends? Um. They, I, I kind of want them to stay apart. I like them separate. Individuals. Mostly because I don't like having to read Deadpool. I'm, I'm also like Gwen. I try to avoid Deadpool when I can. I am sold on Gwenpool and Deadpool being friends. Uh, they every time they interact, I actually get more and more into it. I really like their friendship. They, uh, Deadpool shows up in Strikes. Spoiler: Deadpool shows up in uh, Gwenpool Strikes Back. And they have a moment that's very funny, I think. Um, and for that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm into it. And then once her miniseries ended and she wasn't sure where she was going to show up, she drops off. She goes to Deadpool's first issue, the one that was written by during Kelly Thompson's run. Which is underrated that gem. That is a great yeah, Deadpool Super run. underrated. It has everything you want. Deadpool, if you like Deadpool. Also, Bloodstones in it. Hello. What more do you want? Craven. Jeff. Monsters take over Staten Island. Jeff the Shark, Monster Takeover Shark Island. 
but yeah so she like drops she she's only in for like one or two pages and she literally comes in and says i don't know where i'm going i don't know if i'll continue to exist after my miniseries concludes but i want jeff the shark to continue so please take him and then she dips and he's kind of standing there and for me i was like damn this might be like the second to the last time i see her because there's only like two or three more issues of her miniseries left so i don't know i like those little moments with her and deadpool and i like that they're um not at all romantically compatible whatsoever even before the arrow ace stuff uh was canon in the comic of strikes back they specifically say we're not attracted to each other at all he's like an old man and, she, and he's like she's way too young she's like a child to me she's like he's like an old decrepit corpse to me so i was like that this is great this is exactly what we needed so he's fuck like you deviant art uh, artist <laughs> love evan do you want to queue up ted archetto's question while i read this big one since it might be hard for yep. you to find in the found mess it. i sent you oh you've already right got it. you want to read that first son yeah sure and then you can find uh you know the long one that you're struggling to find um hello comics collective big fan of the show sorry Dallas, i didn't mean that i know you had it uh hello comics collective big fan of the show and this run is one of my all-time favorites so i want to write in if you already answered this during the podcast you can skip it but are there any characters you would really like to see gwen interact with or alternatively are there any you would hate to see her interact with excited to hear your answers ted archetto I have a really fun answer. <clears throat> Can I go first? I, yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I loved the little snippet that we got of Squirtle Girl. I feel like those two could have the best time together in like a longer experience. I have never read any Squirtle Girl, so that's on the docket next for me. I am intrigued by her. <laughs> so that's fine. There you go. That would be awesome. I have one that I thought of that would be so stupid, <clears throat> but I kind of want Gwenpool to meet Paul because I want her take <laughs> on this. <laughs> I want her take because she knows there is she knows that Peter sold his marriage. So I want that. I want a whole issue. I want to see that mess completely unfold. I want her to take digs. I want her to take jabs. Spider Man editorial. Listen, you were not in my. You were not even in my purview. But now you've made it onto the list. So we're gonna be working <laughs> through these very slowly. And I want to see it happen, to be honest. So that's where I'm going to go. You want to know who the OG for taking pot shots at Nick Lowe was? Bendis, boys. Bendis. Bendis, Bendis, Bendis. boys, 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 boys. That panel of Bendis went around so often in the last month. It's insane. It's also... No, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to say it. It's crazy because people people were hating on Bendis for a long time, obviously. (laughs) Um, Not something I agree with. I'm a Bendis boy. Boys, boys, boys. Boys, But... They were hating on him and trying to hate on him for that Wolverine story, even though that was Nick Lowe's idea in Ultimate uh, Spider-Man, where Wolverine, you know, swaps bodies with Peter Parker and hilarity ensues. It's it's very bad. Oh, is um, that the word for it? it someone had to have yeah, used that word. word to get it pitched. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it was Nick Lowe's fault. So I feel like we should all leave Bendis alone forever about everything. Mm-hmm. including civil war 2 um so my answer to this would definitely i'm sorry what huh hmm? i was just saying bendis boys 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 boys, boys, boys. Bendis, bendis bendis um so my sorry, answer i just had some i just had no, I had nonsense in my ear sorry my bad yeah, okay, okay continue we get it girls 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. i took a little shudder i love i love y'all sorry um so my answer is perfect, and it's uh, very clear that the perfect person for Gwenpool to 
both meet, but also should never meet, is Jonah Hex. I think he would be <laughs> imagine the hell. I think he would hate her. I think she would love him. And I think that is the perfect five issue series that can never happen, but should. I think Gwenpool should meet She-Hulk. I think that's crazy that they haven't uh, met. Didn't they mean the? Did they not mean the holiday? It was her party. I guess they never met because she just hung out with Kamala. Yeah, oh, I don't know, point. but either way, I want a one shot. I don't think that can support a mini series, but I think a one shot would be very fun. Unless they did like a A Force thing or West Coast Avengers, I can see that. Be cool. All right, <laughs> I gotta read this uh, <laughs> big one from Here Nick. We go. Mm-hmm. I do like oh, this as thanks and sorry for the long email. <laughs> that thank you for the apology. This is crazy, but we love you, Nick. Howdy, gang. I'm so excited to see that y'all are reading Gwenpool for the podcast, and it's always been such an important series to me. While there have been several takes on the comic books about comics books trope dating back to even before Watchmen, Gwenpool has already stood apart from for just how smartly simple he approaches. But I also think that part of the reason that this book works so well is simply with how likable a protagonist Gwen is. I knew... I know you were all just focusing on the Hastings run, which is the peak of her character. I would highly recommend reading her appearances in West Coast Avengers, among other titles, to lead into her mini Gwenpool Strikes Back. It's somehow one of the smartest commentaries on continuity and consistent characterization in comics ever. Anyway, one thing about this book that always impresses me is how despite the obvious influence and homage to Grant Morrison's Animal Man in the ending, which I'm sure Dallas has mentioned at length before this, I thought it was pretty tame. It still... manages to remain unique and transformative, which is really hard in this medium. We get so many shameless nostalgia bait homages to comics of old through variant covers and anniversary events that great examples of using influence transformatively like this are few and far between. Do you guys have any other good examples of this sort of thing in other comics? Thanks, and sorry for the long email, Nick. P.S. Happy Pride Month to the Arrow, Ace, Queen, <laughs> Gwenpool, and beyond. How dare we it's bring been that a week. Back. Let it go. <laughs> We're done. It's finished. We're moving on. This is apparently also only like four of you asked me to spell it. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I got a good cackle out of that first tweet. I saw you take take a picture of that. I was like, oh yes, this is wonderful. Uh, also, I don't want to. I won't be a dick to Nick, but um. There was no comics before Watchmen, you goofball. That was the first comic. <laughs> Silly Billy. Who is this guy? Oh, I'm a comic reader. I'm Nick. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was me. Even as a joke. I, I'm being mean today. I'm sorry. What was your question? I think the best use of homage and like drawing from other things has got to be the use of the JSA and JSA's continuity in Starman. I need Anne to know how much I love Starman. I will be talking about Starman mm-hmm. until the cows come home. Alexis and Anne got it for me, not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before. And it has yep. sat on my shelf mm-hmm. until this month. I finished Compendium 1 today, starting Compendium 2 tomorrow. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Truly incredible. One of the best superhero comics of all time and has given me a laundry list of other comics to go read. So I think it fulfills this well of 
making other comics seem appealing and fun and like something you want to go visit without just being a rehashing of the same stuff over and over again. I think that's a great example. I'm struggling at the moment. I'm not sure if it's because my brain has just completely been fried already, but I just, I can't think of a comic off the top of my head. Oh, I think a really smart homage as well was when they had Kamala Khan come out of the Krakoa egg as a mutant. Damn it. In an exact visual homage when she came out of her inhuman egg in Miss Marvel number one. You're talking about things that haven't happened yet. Listen. I thought that was really clever and not easy to see from a mile oh, away. I, I think that was a great homage <laughs> and how they fridged Kamala Khan the same way they fridged Gwen Stacy. That was amazing. I'll, I'm not sure if you caught that one, but <laughs> it was there. He said, happy anniversary. I. It really is one of those laugh so you don't cry moments for me. You know, like people I'm, might be like, he's not acting very upset. And I'm like, you know, I can only laugh knowing that she's at Cyclops's wedding. <laughs> not Cyclops. At <laughs> Emma's oh wedding. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that she is there i'm just like you know what all i can laugh all i can do is laugh at this tomfoolery this is the dumbest thing that has ever happened it's okay marvel right now is throwing a great homage to the dc of two years ago that i was really pissed at because now i'm just really pissed at them mm-hmm. so if i i see parallels there it's like poetry it rhymes yeah i do think it's really important that they pass dc did remember to pass the baton of annoying you they're like, all right, we. <laughs> I can't win on both up. sides at the same time. <laughs> Listen, nobody cool. wants you to be on both sides of the aisle, Lan. But you, okay, you were voting red for a while, and now you're voting blue again. And if I could just stay here, this is my home. Just let me stay here. <laughs> I don't need Marvel comics in my life. Damn it! I'm sorry. Hmm? Did I say something? Any other homages we like? I don't know if I've read enough to have an answer. Have I? That's good. I don't think so. I don't know. Every Tom King use of a nine panel grid. Oh, jeez. An homage I like. (laughs) (laughs) Is that transformed? Everyone? Every single one? I mean, I haven't read Heroes in Crisis, but other than that, I really do think I've liked all the nine panel grids. Got it. Okay, just curious. <clears throat> just, I feel like I'm being baited. I mean, I, maybe. I'm just a little silly guy. Would, I don't know. Would I ever do that to you? <laughs> I think I like them all. What? Would, would I do that? I that doesn't sound like me. I liked Rorschach a lot. I think I'm the only person that did. Maybe. That's for that sure. Was a, that was maybe. a great comic. Hmm. Hmm. This is hmm. a hard question. I don't even know if I totally. I don't know if I'm smart enough to really totally understand it either. But I'm oh. gonna say Black Hammer and hope that's correct. Is that a that. fair? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah one. I really like how. First of all, Jeff Lemire is like maybe the best writer working in comics right now, if not in the top ten, and maybe like top ten or fifty of all time for sure. Top fifty, top ten, arguably. So anything he touches, I'm gonna to check out. Um, and Black Hammer is one of those, and I think he does a very good job of again talking about. The, com- the nature of comics, the industry, and kind of creating his own bubble where he can like tell these stories and explore ideas that most people can't in Marvel or DC um, because of the limit of the medium. So he uses the freedom of being outside of those limits to tell stories about the limit. And I think that's really cool. 
and something we can't really do in comics a lot of the time. So if you like Gwenpool, but wish it was a little less fun, uh, Black Hammer is right there, and it's very good. Are you like, there isn't enough grumpy grandpa in this? Yeah. Black Hammer. I really need to feel like... If you ever wanted Tom King to write Gwenpool, Black Hammer. That's, <laughs> That's my God pool. damn. <laughs> if you ever wanted Tom King to write Gwenpool, but about romance comics, Love Everlasting. Love Everlasting, yeah. Oh, second arc? Shit. Incredible. I haven't gotten there, got yet. there yet. I just got to the end of the first book where it tells you like, oh, this is actually what this book's about. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. I understand. So Just wait. Volume two is crazy. God, I, I was I was reading the first one and I'm like, okay, it's it's fun. I I get it. I kind of see like the hints, but I need you to tell me what we're going for here, guys. I need you to need you to tell me. And then at the end, they tell me, and I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Perfect. It's a great comic. All right. Should we close this episode out? Let's do it. Yes, we shall. Good All book. right. Very good book. Ten out of ten. Everyone should read it. Um, if you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account where Dallas has been extra uh, active recently, which is very fun. And that is at the Comics Collective. Or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics at and comics and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. Evan, where can the people find you? You could find me at the Twitter sphere where I'm under at Evan Reads Comics. You can also find me on the TikTok at Evan Von Doom, uh, where I'm sometimes funny. You can also listen to my podcast that I co-host with Dallas Taylor of this podcast, and it's called What's Next? Comic book podcast where every month we go over the monthly solicitations that are announced for different publishers, including Marvel, DC, and Image, and Boom, and other studios. Um, this month, I'm going to be freaking out about Transformers because it's being written by uh, Danny Warren Johnson. And my recommendation uh, for you is that you should go read Gwenpool. I say it almost every time I'm on here somehow. And uh, I th- still think it's uh, true. And at, at the same time, I want to be a little bit different. So I'm going to say, uh, go read a Ed Brubaker comic. When was the last time you picked one of those bad boys up? Read Reckless. Oh, go ahead. My night fever came today. We can talk about it tomorrow. I'm going to read it. I didn't read it yet because I was too busy reading Gwenpool. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, go read Night Fever. Go read one of the Reckless books, Criminal. Read my favorite so far, Killer Be Killed. Um, there's a bunch to choose from. And Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are a dream team. And maybe they should write Gwenpool. I don't know. Boys, boys, boys. Boys, boys, boys. boys, boys. Uh, and I think that's all I have to say. Bye if- forever. <laughs> we never finished the Avengers read through. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be back. If oh, Ultimate Universe is coming back. Read that. Read Ultimate Evasion number one. Buy it tomorrow. I don't give a shit if you don't care about the Ultimate Universe. I do not care. I don't care at all. I don't care what you think of it. You got to buy it from me because I'm excited and I want more. What and it's I also f- $8. Yeah, one of my favorite <laughs> things. Are you shitting me? I bought two or three copies of it. I bought the A cover. I bought a B cover. I'm pretty oh sure I bought God. like an E cover. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to buy the digital version, too, because I can't wait for those to come in. You're the CEO of Cool. And <laughs> one of my favorite things in the world is always honest about the industry. Jonathan Hickman on Cerebro two weeks ago was like, 
listen, baby, we selling like hotcakes. I'm going to be able to do whatever I want after this. He's like, Ultimate Invasion is selling like a crazy person's buying it. And that crazy person's Evan, apparently. <laughs> it's just me. He's like, I'm going to get so much rope for my next project because this is selling like crazy. So Ultimate we're getting into humans, back, baby. baby. Uh, and humans are coming back. We lost Legion. We lost the Legion for this. We lost Legion and New Gods. Oh, I'm not okay. We brought back the Ultimate Universe, and it was worth <laughs> it, honestly. You had your chance with Legion, and you said, here you go. Read these. And then when I said, I didn't really like those, you said, I know. I gave you the wrong ones. <laughs> and that was your one chance. It wasn't my fault. That was your one chance, Anne. That was not my one chance. I, 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 I have oh, my ace in the hole. I have my Great Darkness Saga. I will play it. All right. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Boys, 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 Apple Podcasts, boys. or wherever you're listening, and give us a five-star review saying boys, and we will read it off on the show. Please. I'm begging you. And if give you have me validation. Or comments, or if you would like to write in and support the girls, please send all of those to our email, thecomicscollective at gmail.com. <laughs> you thought Gwenpool would be a girls episode? God. <laughs> As someone who has a genuine evil laugh, that felt very forced. <laughs> Damn, she, she got you, Dallas. She said you're fake. Because you already know everyone you've got that out of authentic here. evil laugh. As the kids me. have said, I've been gagged. <laughs> Damn, sis. <laughs> Damn, sis, I have been gagged. What are those? Oh, no. I don't, Daniel. I don't oh, have ribs. the riz. Hell. Shut up. Yes. The boys are synchronizing. He hangs out with our 19-year-old brother for three weeks, and all of a sudden he gets to be cool. <laughs> he thinks. Before we leave, remember that time that, who was it, Peter David wrote uh, Baron Zemo and made him say a bunch of cringe-like. <laughs> <laughs> they made Baron Zemo, the Nazi, say a bunch of like black stuff. I really yossified Baron Zemo. Yeah. What you, I can't remember the one thing he said where he looked dead into the panel. It was supposed to be like a big moment. And he said like, as the it's streets like say. It's like a quirked up shot. He goaded in the sauce. <laughs> for the back flip, you're like, what the hell is happening? I was like, what? Barrio? Oh, It felt racist. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm Juneteenth. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, how do I find Ooh. this Baron Zemo cringe? And... I'm... <laughs> yes. and- what are we reading next week? Tell the next folks. Next week, we are reading. I I let everyone have a poll, which was a mistake. Um, but no, I'm actually excited. We're reading Batwoman Elegy next week. It's going to be so great. Secretly snuck in a Pride Month book. Still going. Two weeks strong. Hell Bat yeah. Batwoman. Batwoman LGBT. Who knows? Well, we might not actually talk about the LGBT. We are oh kind of notorious God, for that. Skip it over again. <laughs> We're good at that. Listen, okay, if we get through this whole book and we don't talk about her being yeah, we something fucked up. I fucked up. My brain melted because I have thoughts. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You should be excited too. Um, yeah, I willingly picked a bat book. I don't know what to tell you. 
I just have one question. Evan's going to die. I just have one question. Are there any boys left in the galaxy? I have to read Batwoman <laughs> next week. No, no they're What's all dead. Bat girl? <laughs> Girls, plural? I swear, there aren't any men in Star Wars anymore. Am I right? That was the it. craziest shit. I'm like, you're so fucking spoiled. I was like, what were you guys playing last month? <laughs> I was like, people are still playing that game. I'm His still name seeing... is Cal. That's the whitest goddamn men's name you could get. I'm still seeing the mustache want? mullet combo like it's the first time every day. Every day someone's like, <laughs> look what I did with Cal Star Wars. I'm like, shut up. Okay? Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Make him bald. He was we had Cal looking like <laughs> He was rocking that. Baby lock the doors and turn the lights down low. <laughs> My favorite thing about that look is you are either they lock them doors or <laughs> so gay from Brooklyn. <laughs> I walk through Brooklyn and I'm like, why am I at uh, <laughs> this part of my family family reunion right now? What are you saying to me? Oakley glasses, camo pants with the cowboy boots and a beat up white T-shirt that you've cut into your own tank top. Oh, my gosh. Oh I've never gosh. seen horseshoe theory more strongly than in the fashion of gay men in Brooklyn in the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> like you have Alabamified yourselves. You Yossified into the Republican Party. Bam. Happy also, while we're at month, it, everyone. Yeah. While we're at it, before we leave, that chai tea joke from across the Spider-Man Spider-Verse, oh. that was for y'all. Not not the podcast people, but people in Brooklyn. <laughs> the hipster white folks in Brooklyn. I was shaking ordering my chai latte the next day. Like, <laughs> don't say it. Don't, don't, don't say do it. it. Don't oh, think it. Don't say it. Don't on. think it. Uh, it just doesn't have the same rhythm anymore. I'm just used to ordering a certain thing. And now uh, you just can't say anything anymore. The social anxiety has gone through the roof. <laughs> Political correctness has gone too far. Oh, my golem. Like, you just can't say anything anymore. Boys. Boys. <laughs> Boys. No, we mustn't. Oh my we goodness. Mustn't. Okay. okay. Please. Say it. Please. Please write him, girls. Please. If you're listening, please, we need help. Release us from this episode, please. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Boys. <laughs>